Welcome to the What in the World is God Doing podcast, conversations with Highland Park mission partners in Casper, Wyoming, and around the world. In the midst of global crises and a daily onslaught of discouraging news, this podcast will encourage you about the good work God is doing around the world and inspire you to join in God's mission in our everyday lives. Highland Park Community Church exists to take risks to pursue God and love like Jesus. And our mission partners are courageously living that out at home and abroad. I'm Darren Adwell-Palker, the GOAT pastor at Highland Park. And joining me today by Zoom, all the way from Malaga, Spain, is Randy and Doralicia Gonzalez. Randy and Doralicia are missionaries with Novo Mission. Randy spent the first nine years of his life growing up in Mexico and Costa Rica. They've lived the last 25 years in Venezuela, Costa Rica, and now currently in Spain. They have two daughters, Abigail, who's 20, and Sofia, who's 16. Randy has coached ministry leaders from the U.S., Latin America, and Spain during the past 15 years. He has personal experience with diverse life and ministry transitions, which has given him a distinct perspective on the growth opportunities, which God provides for personal transformation, spiritual formation, and ministry contribution. Dora is a trained spiritual director who loves to accompany persons who long to deepen their relationship with God and to be experiencing God's voice in a deeper way. She walks alongside others who are experiencing transitions and disorientation. They both love using contextual experiences to meet new people. Randy loves to play Pavel to encourage new relationships, and Dora Alicia has been in flamenco classes for a few years and has made some great connections. So, Randy and Dora, so glad that you guys have joined us. Welcome, and thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. It's a pleasure. So, um, I mentioned Pavel, and I looked it up yesterday on YouTube, and it's basically a cross between racquetball and tennis. Would that be a fair way to say exactly. it? Exactly. They had a wedding and married and had their offspring. Is okay. Paddle. Awesome. Paddle. Okay. And what, one of the coolest things I saw, I saw this play. There's like a little door. It's almost like a glass wall around it. Right. And, and there's this door yeah. and the dude hit the ball and like ran out the door to get the shot and like hit it back in the court. And I'm like, you can do that. So that can actually happen. That can happen. That I've never done it. That's for younger players. <laughs> okay. I get it. I get it. So there's an age limit on how that happens. Awesome. That's right. Well, hey, guys, welcome. Thanks for joining us. You guys are uh, part of our Faith Promise Mission Partners in Spain. We're grateful to be here. So tell us about yourselves and the work that you're doing over there in Spain. Okay. Uh, well, thank you. It's great to be here, like we said. And um I guess I can encapsulate the work that we do here. There's different things that we are pursuing and want to see. I think among those is we would love to see a movement of the gospel here in Spain, just grow and move beyond Malaga out to Spain and, and, and beyond. We, we also really, really love to see persons activated for mission and see them follow God, hear his voice. What were they designed and prepared to do, and then follow that calling into a missional life. Mm. And we love to see that. And then we really also love to see uh, people experiencing a deeper walk and a deeper spiritual journey with God along the way. So how does that um, impact the people there? I, I'm imagining, so that what I make up in my mind, haven't been there yet, but we will mm -hmm. in, in God's time, 
yeah. give us a sense of the context in which you're living and working and the people as it relates to faith and Christianity. Tell us about Spain from that standpoint. Yeah, sure, sure. So, so Spain has a really long history, all of Europe, obviously, and, and, and really Spain's history with, with the church uh, is, is painful as well. There's, the church has been implicated um, in the struggle for power, position, and prestige, and it's really left a mark, I think, on the collective psyche and the spirit of its people. You, you could think of uh, probably the most famous is the Spanish Inquisition, yeah. where the church was by force trying to persecute and get people uh, in a very strong leaning for the law, right? And so you have that, which lasted more than 400 years. In fact, there's a little town close to us here, about 45 minutes away called Antequera. And it was one of the centers for the Spanish Inquisition in Andalusia, in the, in the region that we live. Uh, there's also the, in the modern age, we have the Spanish Civil War which the church aligned with one of the sides and was a marriage between the church and the state. And so what we've seen is that the church has been perceived as kind of a dominant authority mm. and, and people um, have a resistance to that. Mm. Now, when, when in the modern age here now, the postmodern age that we're living, uh, the populace is somewhat skeptical to formal religion and uh, the religious structures and even official clergy. And so there's still that strong resistance. And so what we see is uh, we have seen though recently kind of this new interest in uh, alternative spiritualities, Buddhism, new age, different things like that, which is, I remember prayer walking uh, a few years ago and I was kind of like upset, like, okay, this, place would pop up and that place would pop up. And, and I told Darlicia, she's like, well, you know, at least there's some spiritual interest and we can work with that. <laughs> and so I thought, well, the oh, human heart is designed, right. To, to reach out. Yeah. It's designed for something. And even people that, you know, would maybe claim no, um, organized religious faith. I just think there's a evidence in every human culture of, Right, this yeah. desire to reach out to God and to know yeah. him. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. And so within, within all this milieu, uh, we, we think that there's a, there's a new approach needed. Mm -hmm. um, something that doesn't exude formal religion and its structures. Mm -hmm. um, things like home groups, mm -hmm. um, non-transactional relationships and friendships, uh, new expressions of church with uh, flatter leadership st styles. And I think even an overabundance of grace. Yeah. There's, been, there's been a lot of law here. Mm -hmm. And so I think really we just need patience to be able to build the relationships. You know, we till the ground so that when, when the seed is sown and we're able to, to come in and sow the seed of the gospel, that it has at least a chance to, to be welcomed mm -hmm. and hopefully to take root is uh, what, we're, what we're hoping for. You know, I noticed. So, oh, go ahead. No, no, just thinking that within the spiritual awakening that we've seen even in the last, what would you say, five, six mm -hmm. years, um, persons are coming to faith. Mm -hmm. But I think what we need to see, what they need to see is kind of more authentic people, people like us who mm -hmm. say we're believers, but that we also struggle. 
I think there's this, this idea of, uh, yes, we're believers and there's a divine presence, but we also are humans and the humanity of us also walks in tandem with that. And, and I think that that is really a, something that people want to see. No. I think that coming with that, I what comes to my mind too is spaces of grace, a lot of spaces of grace so people can actually unveil their inner life mm-hmm. um, and not be afraid or shame by the struggles of, you know, family life and my own wounds that I carry from my childhood. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of space for growth. Uh, and we believe that there's a lot of opportunities to encounter a uh, different type of gospel here in Spain. I love the idea of creating space mm-hmm. for people to experience. In fact, I was just having a conversation with um, another one of the pastors about, you know, part of our job is to create, not job is in job as pastors, but uh, all of us as believers is to create a safe, as a, create a place where people can feel safe to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Randy, you talked about vulnerability. The image in my mind is like a swimming pool. We kind of dig out and create the depth of the pool that people can dive into with their stuff, with life, right? And so part of that yeah. way that we show, hey, this this is safe to dive in. I'm going to show you. I'm going to dive in, you know, head first. If the pool is mm-hmm. only three feet deep, you're going to get hurt, right? And <laughs> and I think people have had that experience over and over again. And most people have learned, you know what, just kind of it's better to close up and not really. But if you can say, man, this is what's going on in my life right now. And this, here's how I'm struggling. And here's how God's meeting me there. Like you've just created some safety for them to dive in as well. Yeah. So I love that. One of the things you guys mentioned in your intro was just the way that you're living your life and in the simple way. So, Pavel, you know, the tennis, uh, racquetball, uh, Dora, Flamenco. Um, Talk a little bit about how that helps you connect with people and how you're being intentional about that Mm -hmm. being a a way of connecting with people for the sake of the gospel. Mm -hmm. I think it has started with us in in our own development, just kind of like surrendering our own agendas. And I think that has been really important for each of us, um, being patient with the process and seeing where there's movement on opportunities to actually have a spiritual conversation. Mm-hmm. I think we have been um, also being shaped by the struggle of the pace uh, to be completely honest, sometimes we would love to see uh, faster movement, but we remember how patient God has been with ourselves, with us too, <laughs> in our own journey. So I think that for me, taking the pulse of um, people and the spiritual conversations, not being so quick to judge, but also not being so quick to assume that this person, because it comes from a different background, uh, doesn't have an experience or even a moment that they encounter God. Even if it, if I don't see the root of it, even if I don't see a lot of evidence in their lives, I think we all carry the image of God. And so there's something when we invite people to go in and ask uh, maybe just a one question about their past, they can encounter the God that made them in their own image. So I think patience, I think uh, perseverance, uh, taking opportunities, a lot of prayer, creativity, 
and listening, not being so quick to respond or correct has been some of at least my journey. I think your journey too. Yeah, I think it's just uh, one of the key things is, is uh, trying to discern where's God, where is he working, with whom is he working? Because there are people that we connect with that you see them once or twice and there's not much interest. Even Jesus, I think, had those types of people in his life. But there are others who you notice something. There's a, there's a spiritual type of uh, tip, or, you know, that you get. And, for example, my, my paddle coach here, I was taking some classes and young guy, he's 31, I think. Really, I could tell he had this, this spirit about him. And he, he got a new job and he, he left. And I had, I had seeded into his life enough of the relationship where when it came time to leave, I wrote him a letter and just poured my heart out and just encouraged him. And actually, I shared with him, I said, you should consider um, Jesus. He's a great father. And this guy didn't have a father. I didn't, I didn't know that. And he said he took that, that letter home and read it. And he both he and his mom just wept reading this letter. They were really, really touched. And even today, he's, he's in Melilla, which is on the, on the African continent, but it's part of Spain. And he is, and I keep in touch with him. We talk every month or so. And so I'm still cultivating types, those types of relationships. The, so me- fun. the metaphors that you're using, I can't help but hear these agricultural metaphors of planting, <laughs> cultivating, seeding, uh, and patience. And I, I love that because that's where we live, right? No, no one goes from zero to 60. I mean, you know, you got the apostle Paul's in the Bible where they get knocked down and, you know, they see the light and that happens, that happens. But even then there, God has been at work in people's life, right? Um, so, so that's an encouragement. And I want that to be encouragement for those that are listening, because here at Highland, we're all about something called Jesus conversations, which is to take the opportunity for prayer, care, and share in Jesus' name. So pray for someone if the chance of opportunity or care for them, let them know it's in Jesus' name or to share and just your own story. And so I, what I love about what you're adding to this is the sensitivity piece, the listening piece, the, 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 the linking up with God, because we believe that God is at work in people's life. Jesus told us, my father's always working, right? And so, so it, part of it is, it, you know, it takes the burden off of ourselves to think like, oh, I've got to make this happen. I love, Randy, that you're just playing paddle and getting coached by this guy and, you know, building a relationship. And the moment I would suggest that the spirit is saying, Hey, write this letter, you know, and that was probably a risk. Mm-hmm. What if he doesn't, what if he doesn't like it? What if it, what if it's too forceful? What if, right. And yet you mm-hmm. took this step and, and God used us. I love that, um, that yeah. listening aspect. And, you know, that kind of ties in Dora with the work that you do with spiritual formation as a spiritual mm-hmm. director. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what, what, that is what is spirit for those that might be completely unfamiliar with the language of spiritual formation, spiritual direction. What is that? And how does that come to play in what you do? I don't have a 
full definition right now in my hands about spiritual formation, but I can tell you that it's how God develops. And he really is longing for us to be more united with him. So there is a path that he will take us to bring us to more unity with him. And the spiritual direction is an ancient discipline. Uh, our spiritual mothers and fathers will actually leave uh, the towns to be in solitude, but also people will go to sit by their feet and just ask for their wisdom in their daily life. So I get the privilege to sit with people of in different walks of life, which I really love. I, I am doing spiritual companionship is how I call it here to take the work direction out of the context because of the authoritarian uh, heritage that is here. But I said, I can, a spiritual, I can do some spiritual companionship with you. And so I walk with leaders that are in big transitions or trying to discern what God is asking them. I think we all have experience or maybe notice that God changes how he speaks to us. And in those moments, people get really disoriented when I used to get my Bible and it was just full of life. And now I get it and it's dry. And so what do I do? Is, is it my fault? Am I, am I doing something wrong? Mm -hmm. And no, I have to remember people and discover with them that God is actually calling them to experience him in a different way. So that's just really exciting how we can get our senses awakened to hear God's voice in nature uh, through a conversation in silence and in different ways. So it just, just has a lot of creativity to explore a spiritual formation. Well, and some of my spiritual heroes actually come from Spain in the 16th century. So you've got Teresa of Avila and John right. Cross, right? And so for those that are unfamiliar, because they were part of... Um, the, the, the Reformation in the Catholic Church that was taking place while there was a Reformation beginning mm -hmm. in Germany and in other places in the Protestant Church, which when we study church history, we, we mostly follow those branches of the tree. Well, we're still connected mm -hmm. to the same trunk, but there are other branches that go out that really do delve into, they offer some great guidance for the soul and spiritual formation and direction. And you were kind of describing what perhaps is might be one of the most famous terms, you know, that um, St. John used the dark night of the soul and mm -hmm. what happens when we're following God. And it just seems like we're in this kind of dark period and where is he? And we don't have the same feeling. So, so I guess the question is where is God when we don't feel him? Where is God when we don't sense him? What, what would the, the Spanish uh, mystics of the 16th century teach us um, mm -hmm. and to bring to bear upon our spiritual lives today? Yeah, I believe that in those moments, the invitation for to God for ourselves is to go actually deeper and to go deeper into our own lives and to remove the senses and the ways that we use to experience God, to actually uh, experience him in a different way. So I think that for me, it looks really different in different people. But for some people, this means an invitation for healing. Uh, another For other people, it might be an invitation for solitude, for... Um, going slower and, and paying more attention 
to their own lives, to their own movements, internal movements, and um, also welcoming uh, the dark places of our hearts and also the, the confusion. I think that we can find God in those places when our minds cannot solve things and the, the formula that we used to use for Christianity is not working anymore. And it's an incredible opportunity for us to actually sit with him in a more desperation. I think that also those moments, the dark night of the senses or the night, dark night of the soul awakens more desperation and hunger. And God honors that, even if we have to wait in silence and solitude to see what he unveils for us in the next mm-hmm. season. And that's such a vulnerable place. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not like, uh, you know, a, a animal specialist here, but I believe that the lobster kind of sheds its skin or sheds its uh, uh Costco, it's it's shell, right? And um, and 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 there's this time where it's like, in other words, it's growing too big for the container that it had, and it needs to expand into something else. But but that in between time is super vulnerable. They're open to attack. They don't have the things that protected them, right? And it, it's kind of like what you're describing. And I could see the value. I love the term spiritual companion. I love that because it's just somebody there listening, guiding, and encouraging. And Randy, I know that you do some of that as well. It might look a little bit different, but how does your work and your coaching fit into what Dora was just explaining? Yeah, in, in coaching, is uh, I love coaching. It's It's been a fantastic uh, ministry for me because I get to hear different stories and I get to help people discover different things along the way. Um, but part of what is the spiritual formation aspect of that is that there's always a piece that in um, there's a piece that says uh, the prime the, I'm sorry the prize of surrender is revelation, and so part of the the discovery processes that I use they will point you in a direction, but in order to be able to move into that direction or into that contribution, you first have to have a conversation with God. You have to get delve deeper down and say, what is it that God may want to be, want me to pay attention to that could potentially impede me from moving into my calling or my contribution or into convergence whatever, because I think uh, this idea of spiritual formation is that we don't just do it one time and we're set. Mm-hmm. It's a continual evolving process. The deeper you go, uh, there's different stages of life that, that require different, um, different answers, different experiences, different, a different walk with God. And so I try to employ those in those processes. It's awesome. One of the things that we do here in at Highland to support the work of mission is something called faith promise. So those that are listening and are familiar, what we do is we ask people to say, Hey God, this year I am trusting that you will lay a certain uh, dollar amount on my heart. And that this year, uh, if you provide that in perhaps some unexpected way, I'll, I'll turn around and give give that to missions. That's how we support our missions Mm -hmm. around the world. That's how, um, we're able to contribute to your work. So for those that are part of Faith Promise, thank you so much uh, for doing that. Yes. It makes a difference and you're impacting lives yes. through Randy and Dora in Spain. Um, mm-hmm. How else, 
though, can people follow along, track with what you're doing, and um, learn with you and from you on the journey? Yeah, thank you for that. And, and we're really grateful, too, for the faith promise from Highland Park. Yes. Um, we've always believed in that. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Uh, for us, um, we, we try to put out about six snail mail newsletters uh, each year. Those are more directed towards ministry type of themes. And then about three to four times a year, we will send out an, e- an e-newsletter, which is uh, both ministry, but life too. what's going on with our girls, what's going on with us. Sometimes even our dog makes it into that uh, e-newsletter. Um, but if but if people want to follow, you know, the God stories here from Spain, they can write me at randy.gonzalez at novo.org. Gonzalez is with an S on the end. Randy.gonzalez at novo.org. And we, we can put them up on the, uh, on the um, uh, address list so they can receive that. And in terms of partnering with us, um, I would just simply encourage them to visit. There's a, there's a place on our Novo website that they can visit. And it's, it's www.novo.org slash projects. And once you go into there, a field will come up. If you just type in Gonzalez, then our name will come up and then just follow the instructions and they can partner with us through there. Awesome. And Dora, one of the things that I just learned about is your podcast, Desde Reino Interior, from the Interior yes. Kingdom, which yeah. has some hints of uh, Teresa's The Interior Castle, right? Or is that, see, is that, am I getting that right? Is that Teresa? Is she the Interior Castle? Yes, Teresa de And so um, I love it. I, it was, it was great. Um, for those of you that don't speak Spanish, it would be worth learning Spanish just so you can get a hold of these podcasts. <laughs> but I love the one about the pipes, the corrosion that happens over time that you guys told about your coffee maker that stopped working because of the hard water in Spain. And, and it's like, right. use that as a metaphor for the dissolutionments of life and how just they they leave deposits in us they leave you know calcium and that hardens over time and that part of god's work is interior and i just for me summarizing this conversation there's a few things that i really loved um, that you shared one is just the patience and the attentiveness to the Holy Spirit, to be attentive, that he is working, that he is touching lives and hearts, and he invites us each and every day into that. And as we can slow down, as we can hear God's heartbeat, as we can hear his heartbeat for others, and we can simply join in what he's doing, I think Jesus gives the best example of that, constantly confounding even his own disciples why, what, why are you talking to that woman? Like what, you know, Hey, this is where my father sent me today. And so just, I think if we can take away the sensitivity piece Mm -hmm. of slowing down, listening, I, I I heard patience, seed planting, letting things sort of take their time, um, you know, trusting in the slow work of God that things develop over time in us. And then the other thing is just that how, mission is really driven by our overflow mission is driven by our relationship with god so sometimes you know i think it's important to just give people permission 
to slow down, to be with Jesus, to take some time to journal and pray and check their interior pipes, their spiritual pipes. And if there's, you know, corrosion or rust or buildup, like God just, you know, flow in us and, and bring your healing um, from the inside out. Because the great thing about partnership with God is it's not just about everyone else, although it is, it's also about him doing a deep work in us. And so my hope and prayer for people listening is that this conversation would be useful, um, not only to learn about what you're doing, but then to reflect on their own lives and say, God, what is it that you're wanting to heal, remove, loosen, free within me so that I can be your vessel and just simply live and walk in love like Jesus did. So to that end, Dora, uh, would you be willing to just walk us through a, a spiritual exercise that, that we can allow God to speak to us and through us and in us and create some space for him to do that? Yes, that will be my privilege. And because I have you guys here with me, I'm going to ask you and the people that are listening to um, just uh, be in a really comfortable position and to take a deep breath. Now, I want you to remember that you carry God's image in you. That's just incredible when you think about it, that you are image bearers, that we are deeply loved by God. So I want you to ask the Lord if there is something that is um, distracting you, a concern, a worried, somebody that you have been caring for and is not, um, yeah, maybe the relationships is not where you want it to be. And I want you to go to the throne of God and imagine, use your imagination, do not be afraid and place, place there in that throne of grace, the concern, the person that you're praying for, the theme that you're carrying and receive um, God's peace over you. Remember that God's peace is not found in anything in this world. My peace I give you. Not like that world gives that peace. Do not be afraid. And I also want you to, I want to invite you to think about performance. We get so trapped and we have been talking today about that patient that God has with us, but also about the patient that we need to uh, assume and uh, embrace when we want to see God's uh, kingdom in this uh, place. So I want you to um, ask the Lord if there's any theme of performance that you need to release. She says, if there's anything that I want to uh, perform um, to gain your love or the love of others, I release that. And I remember and remind myself that I'm enough, that I'm enough by who I am and who you say I am. 
And I'm just going to finish with this passage. And uh, you can repeat it after me. And I'm going to shorten, uh, make it short every time. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know that I. Be still and know. Be still. B. I bless you with the knowledge that you are deeply loved just by being who you are in Christ. Amen. Amen. Mm. Wow, that was great. I feel so peaceful. Mm. Yeah, and I think even the birds in the background that were chirping were still as you were leading us through that so we had a St. Francis of Assisi moment there uh, and it's great to hear birds chirping as it's snowing in Casper today so well thank you guys so much for joining us and for those listening thanks for being here our goal is to get you moving on mission So follow us on our missions Facebook page at HPCC Missions and also go to hpcc.church slash missions to sign up for weekly service updates in Casper and beyond. Randy and Dora, thanks for being here, for leading us in this conversation. It was awesome. We bless you and the work that God is doing in and through you. And we're grateful to be a part of it. Amen. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. God bless.